Hey, my name is Bill. And my name is Danny. And we are a, a couple, couple of park, park hoppers. hoppers. Lots of news was released this week from all of the theme parks, and we've got you covered. We also dined at our first Disney buffet since before COVID, as restaurants that were previously buffet style are beginning to transition back. We'll talk about which restaurants are officially reverting back, what our experience was like at the buffet, a comparison to family style, and more. Let's, Let's hop, hop to it. it. even know how to respond to what I just heard. <laughs> For those of you who recognize the song Food, Glorious Food from the classic play Oliver, it's going to play really well into our episode this week because we had lots of food, glorious food. We sure did. I don't know why when that song first came on, I just imagined food. all of the guests at Walt Disney World at home just waiting for those reservations to open and sing <laughs> this in their head. Right? Those 60-day reservations? Yes. Oh, that's I, so funny. That's all, that's all I could think of. I, uh, But we we did try lots of glorious food, and we got, heard uh, it's so much... food. Glorious food. Food. Glorious food. Did I get it right? Sausage and mustard. Ew. Yeah, I know. It doesn't sound really good. Sausage and mustard. But what better song to describe a buffet? Then food, glorious food. The only thing that's popping in my head is the Wiggles right now. <laughs> oh God. It's not the Wiggles. Fruit salad. <laughs> yummy, yummy. <laughs> I was going to play Weird Al Yankovic's Eat It, but I think we've done that on a previous episode, so I didn't want to uh, kind of beat that over the head or eat that over the head, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I think this was pretty perfect. It definitely threw me off guard, though. Food! But <laughs> sausage and mustard. <laughs> So bad at accents. Oh, yeah. Gotta love it. Well, before we jump into our main event of the evening, um, we are, are going to talk about this week in Parks News. So first off, this week in Parks News, we have additions to the Fab 50. This is exciting. So we don't have as many this week. I believe we're starting to, uh, you know, reach the end of that list. Now, uh, in terms of who they have announced since our last show. We're going to start with BB-8. I love BB-8. We're going to see BB-8 at Disney's Hollywood Studios. That's super exciting. I got to imagine that BB-8 will probably be somewhere near or around Galaxy's Edge. Maybe at the entrance? Yeah. I, I can't imagine there just being like a statue to... It just wouldn't fit the theming because it's supposed to be kind of like this world outside of Earth. Right. Why would there be a statue there celebrating it? I don't know. Maybe he is like a Greek god, but he's a droid god. Well, because one thing <laughs> that they mentioned, that we mentioned in our last episode, was that R2-D2 was going to be one of the Fab 50 statues, but he's featured in Star Tours. He's not in right. Galaxy's Edge. So you would think that he would be near that. Um, I would think that BB-8 maybe near Star Tours as well. And if they put it in Batu, great, but it would kind of be weird with the, the whole out of out of world experience that you're supposed to get on that too yeah it definitely wouldn't fit but i'm excited to see where they put bb8 um i i love some bb8 yeah uh the next fab 50 statue that was announced is one of the fab five he is pluto will be at magic kingdom what a good boy oh yeah <laughs> so they already announced mickey mini did they announce Donald yet? Obviously, he'll be one, but did they announce Donald yet? I specifically remember them announcing Donald because during our show, we, I said, Oh, yeah. I said, Number. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. I, I said, <laughs> Donald Duck number one, and you said, <laughs> God bless you, Donald. <laughs> and then Goofy was definitely announced as well. So all of the Fab Five will be at Magic Kingdom Park. Super, super exciting. Well, we're going to make our way over to Animal Kingdom where they just announced that Nemo and Dory are going to be. Bring back the Nemo show. So what I am expecting from that is hopefully that um, finding the Finding Nemo show at Animal Kingdom will come back and yeah. we'll, we'll see that, that statue somewhere in that area. Because I can't think of another place in Animal Kingdom where you might see it unless it was just kind of 
there, like the only, near the Tree of Life. Because the only other place in Walt Disney World that Nemo is featured is in the seas, but that's in Epcot. Right. Um, but this was announced for Animal Kingdom, so I got to imagine he'd probably be somewhere over by, you know, him and Dory will be over there near the theater somewhere. Yeah, I would either say near the theater or I would say maybe somewhere near the Tree of Life. Like yeah. if they're if they're having some more random characters, like so relevant to the park, but not specific to an attraction or a show. Right. But I do hope that that is a hint that we might see that show return at some point. And it, it probably will because they did actually just recently um, agree to terms with the Actors' Equity Union. And so that live entertainment aspect of Walt Disney World will be coming back hopefully real soon. Yeah, so I, I'm really excited about that um, in hopes of seeing those announcements return. Yeah. So who's next on our announcement? Over at the uh, Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, we <laughs> will have uh, our friends Olaf and Bruni from the Frozen franchise. Now, you ask, who's Bruni? They never mentioned his name, I don't think, in Frozen 2, but he is that little blue lizard that like lights on fire and falls in love with Elsa. He is so cute, and I feel like everyone, everywhere, it doesn't matter who you are or where you live, you probably know who Olaf is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and he, it looks like he is an inhabitant of the Enchanted Forest mm -hmm. and the Elemental Spirit of Fire, so... And he's absolutely adorable. So I'm so excited to see him as a statue. And lastly, we are going to see Simba Yay! at Animal Kingdom. All right, right where he belongs. I'm very excited to see that. We're going to have to go get some photos near that statue and then bring them home to show our Simba. My guess would be somewhere near the Festival of the Lion King. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. So another long list of characters being announced for statues and sculptures for the Fab 50, all the gold statues that are going to be placed around the four Walt Disney World parks for the 50th anniversary. That is, those are the seven that were announced recently. I'm not sure exactly how many were announced at this point, but there will be 50. And so just stay tuned to our show and stay tuned to the news uh, for whichever statues are remaining to be announced. Yeah, whenever we do have a complete list, we'll have to go over that on our show. But next in uh, Parks News, Magic Key Passes are now available at Disneyland Resort. So that is Disneyland's new annual pass program. Now, currently, there is no news for the Walt Disney World annual pass holders for those who don't currently have them to buy new ones. Um, we don't have any news about those coming back as of yet, but we do know that they will be available in time for the 50th um, on October 1st. And so I would imagine that we should see an announcement about that soon. Yeah, sometime in mid to late September, I would imagine they'll probably go on sale. But it was actually in the verbiage of the announcement when Magic Key was announced for Disneyland that they literally said Disney World annual passes will be back in time for the 50th anniversary. Whether that means October 1st or whether that means at some point during the anniversary celebration that lasts 18 months, that is yet to be known. But I would assume by using that verbiage, they meant October 1st. Awesome. Now, the other thing that returned to Walt Disney World, but it's a little bit of a small thing, is biometric finger scans return to Walt Disney World. Now, I haven't seen anything about the other parks, but uh, I think it was about four days ago, um, Blizzard Beach and Animal Kingdom uh, rolled out the biometric finger scanning back to their theme park entrances. And so... Uh, we I, I, we haven't been to a park in about a week or so. We're going to go a bunch uh, this upcoming week. But it is slowly but surely coming back across Disney property. So where you have to put your finger on the, the thing and it lights up green. Just to, to kind of prevent people from using other people's passes. And just making sure that you know people are following the rules. Now, how do you feel about the, the return of these? Um, it doesn't matter to me. I've never cheated the system. I've never used like somebody else's annual pass or anything like that. Uh, so it doesn't bother me. It also doesn't bother me the fact that uh, it, it's come out 
a million times that there's like a 10,000 to one chance of getting COVID from a surface. I'm not worried about touching something. I'll use sanitizer afterwards if I feel uncomfortable. Um, I think it's just, a, it's another way to, to make sure that people aren't getting scammed if they, you know, lose their annual pass card or, or something like that. It's just to make sure that, you know, people are just kind of following the rules. Yeah. The biggest thing is if you have an issue with a, you know, a, a touch scanner you're touching rides. You're touching all sorts of stuff. Yeah, if and it, eating. Yeah, just you know, use hand sanitizer. Wash yeah. your hands. Like I know that's not the only thing that you know people are going to be touching. If you get on a ride, you touch things. You you pick up things. There's just I don't think it's an issue, and I think yeah. that it was time for them to bring it back. Also, if you are an annual pass holder at Universal or you've been to Universal in the last two months, they've been using the finger scanning for that long, so it's really not an issue. Yeah. Uh, up next, we had a really, really cool video that was released. I believe it was on TikTok, the Disney Parks TikTok. That's correct. And it was uh, some Imagineers and the president of the parks, Josh Demaro, and they were using this really cool technology. And it's really hard to kind of explain um, if you don't physically see it uh, on your phone or, or in a video. But they were using this technology that had this, this exoskeleton that essentially allowed a human to like beautifully control much larger arms and hands without having to lift a heavy object. It's really hard to explain, but the technology that has been developed for this will, you know, kind of bring the opportunities to bring larger than life characters into the parks. And that's really exciting. Yeah. And the way that they have described project EXO is what it's called. Yes. Is that, uh, new character exoskeletons in action is what they, the kind of the way they describe the video. So if you're kind of like, wait, what are you guys talking about? Think of um, in Marvel when he is in the, what is the the thing I'm thinking of? The Hulk smasher? Uh, the Hulk buster. Hulk buster. Thank you. I had a brain fart for a second. Um, the Hulk buster. I kind of imagine it like the Hulk buster. Yeah. But those are the kind of characters that um, they mentioned seeing um, in the future. So characters like Hulk, um, when I when I think of different characters that are large but that don't translate as well um, currently. Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. Maui. Maui. Um, we have our um, uh, Big Hero 6. Uh, b- 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 Baymax. Baymax, thank you. And uh, Genie is yeah. another one. Yeah, that's a great one. Um so there's a lot of characters that once you get to thinking, they are large. Oh, Sully is one that yeah, doesn't... Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. I feel like Sully is always funny to me because like the way that... The arms are shaped and they can only move like in a, in a circular motion. Yeah, kind like of. kind of like back and forth yeah. and that's it. And so like when you used to be able to do character meet and greets and you would like hug Sully... His arms would just be like <laughs> straight like out rise up. <laughs> above your head and you'd hug him and he'd just be like above uh, you uh, like, uh, thanks. Yeah. So I think this is so, so cool. I mean, uh, what, what are we seeing over here? You know what really bums me out about this kind of announcement is the fact that we'll never get to see Hulk here in Florida. Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. I literally... Unless there's some day where Disney's just like, hey, Universal, here's a blank check. Get, let us use Marvel in the theme parks, which will never happen. But we can all dream. But uh, I would imagine that there would already be an Avengers Campus East if that was the case. I don't know. I, I just feel like, you know. <sighs> Comcast is such a big company. It's a bigger company than Disney, and they own Universal. So I, I don't think they'll ever give that up. A dream is a wish your heart makes. Oh, that's cute. When you're wide awake and talking on when a couple wide of car poppers. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's fair. <laughs> But I'm very excited about this. I feel like this could change uh, the way we do character meet and greets in the future, especially when we look at different things like the Spider-Man um, meet and greet and yep. the experience oh, over at Disneyland. So, cool. um, so if you guys aren't aware of what we're talking about, there's actually an animatronic Spider-Man who flies over Avengers Campus and mm-hmm. scales walls. It's and that's how unreal. that's how he quote unquote enters the meet and greet. Yeah, it's it's unreal. And you can kind of see he kind of scales the wall and then disappears. And yeah. then he reappears for the character meet and greet for you to meet Spider-Man. But, um, you know, flying through the air hundreds of feet above Avengers Campus is 
definitely an animatronic and that's technology that is more recent. So, I mean, I'm so excited to see what this brings forward. Absolutely. Uh, Walt Disney World actually experienced their slowest week of 2021 this past week, which is kind of a nice break in the action because it was really busy for a little while. And some of the lines were starting to get kind of out of control. Yeah. I mean, I do think that if, if I'm looking at it from a, an outside perspective back in June, when things started to get a lot better with COVID that I think you had a lot of people who decided to book their vacations for July and August yep, and before their kids went back to school because they had been waiting for, you know, a, a quite a while yeah. to do that. And so I do think that we saw a rush of all of that. And then now that kids are back in school, it has slowed down before October 1st, which is going to be the 50th where I expect it to pick up. But yeah, um, one crazy thing was that guests were actually able to get multiple boarding groups for Rise of the Resistance and in the same day, in the same day. And one day boarding groups were available until I believe it was around seven o'clock at night. And I had a report from a friend of mine who was at Hollywood Studios one night where they literally just opened the line and they they let you just go. Unreal. Which is awesome. That is such a great development for this ride because it has had everybody knows the struggles that Rise of the Resistance had since it opened in November of 2019. There's just been major issues with boarding groups and lines and nobody's able to get groups because they're it's breaking down so much. And it's such a great thing to see that they're getting so many boarding groups through. I'm looking at an article right now. There's a screenshot from 2.18 p.m. one day where they were already on um, group 88, which is great. And the... Uh, the, the, the group that the person had in the screenshot here was group 159 and that we're looking at five hours later, which still puts us only at seven o'clock and the park's open for another two hours. Well, one thing I do want to say about that is a lot of times I will see on Dis Twitter or like Disney Twitter, I'll see somebody say, oh no, I went to Disney and I didn't get a 7 a.m. boarding group and my whole day is ruined and yeah. my, my kid is so sad. And then, <laughs> you know, the same day you'll see that with the boarding groups at 7 or I'm, I'm sorry, at 1 p.m. compared to 7 a.m. that they're available for hours now. And yeah. so it's just a reminder that if you are you know going to visit Hollywood Studios and you don't get a boarding group at 7 a.m., I feel like the stress just isn't as intense now because at 7 a.m., anybody has access to it who has a... um, Hollywood Studios. Reservation. Reservation. Right, where at 1 p.m., you have to be in the park to book that reservation. And then on top of that, it seems like they've brought it down to an absolute science enough to where, like you said, people can ride more than once, which has never happened. Which is the way it should be because that ride is so spectacular, especially if you haven't been on it before. We've probably been on it 15 to 20 times at this point. Sure, um, I would I would Somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't been on it before, I remember vividly the first time I rode it, I wanted to go on it again so bad, but I couldn't. Well, it's almost so much to take in when you ride it because I I just vividly remember and I'd have to see if I have it saved on my phone somewhere but our immediate reactions to Rise of the Resistance is we were just absolutely speechless blown away at what they had done Mm -hmm. and so in, in a good way so I mean I can't imagine going on that for the very first time and not being able to ride it again for I don't know. Months next to time, years. Or, or next possibly. time you come back. Yeah. So I do hope that people are able to ride it more than once. I do understand why, you know, if it is busier that one time yeah, is. Yeah, sure. Because they do want everybody to get an opportunity. Because I'm sure that when it, at the busiest, that's probably, you know, something yeah. that is an issue. But sounds like they've gotten that all worked out. And we're, we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of this ride being open. And you should be able to ride it multiple times at this point. They should have figured out the kinks uh, to to get as many people through this queue as possible. So it's really exciting to kind of see, even though the crowds are low and they did have, just have their lowest crowds of the year, mainly because the schools are back here in Florida and, and possibly people are canceling trips. We don't have any proof of that. But... Uh, with with everything trending the way it is right now, seeing people get on rise a couple of times in a day is really cool. So cool. Uh, next, we have a, an announcement from our friends over at Epcot. 
the uh, La Creperie de Paris is going to be opening in the France Pavilion right outside Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, and the menu has been announced. I'm now, if not you, reading the menu. <laughs> um, you get, What do you mean? The reason I'm saying I'm not reading the menu is because my sister listened to the episode where I totally... Oh, oh, oh that's why. I, totally, I was like, that was the plan, wasn't it? We were going to go over the menu. I, I was just being very sarcastic, but oh. it didn't come through. So my sister actually yeah, listened to the episode. So the episode that I totally struggled through every single pronunciation yeah, that was, that was at Epcot, funny. she said that she was... Um, driving and she said that it was the funniest thing because she was like i just listened to you trip over pronunciations for like an hour i was like yeah. oh thanks so there, there actually is, is going to be uh three different ways that you can take in the experience at la creperie de paris i think that's how you say it uh, yes. it rhymes which is cool. Uh, there's going to be a, uh, a, a price-fixed menu. There's going to be a quick service option, and there's going to be a table service option. Okay. Um, so there's all different kinds of things you can get depending on which option you choose to do. Uh, but let's uh, let's go over the menu if Danny wants to take it away mm -hmm. um, for the <laughs> uh, for the price-fixed menu. Uh, that in includes a choice of soup or salad, one savory galette, and one dessert crepe, and a glass of hard cider, soda, or juice. Um, so let's go over the uh, the savory galettes that are or that are available for the price fix portion of the menu. All right, so I'm gonna give this a try. Uh -huh. Enjoy, everyone. There we go. Um, classic. Yep. Ham, egg, and Swiss uh, cheese. I believe it's pronounced um. <laughs> no, it's ham. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, Swiss cheese. We're just gonna crawl under our <laughs> podcast table. <laughs> so yeah. So the classic is ham, egg, and Swiss cheese. I think the next one is poulet. Which is chicken? Uh, I don't know how to say this. It's bechamel cheese sauce and mushrooms. That sounds good. Um, I'm gonna guess this one is chevre. I was gonna say chevre. Yeah, chevre. It's goat cheese, spinach, and walnuts. That sounds fancy. Salmon, smoked salmon, uh, creme. Oh no. Fresh. Fresh. Chives and lemon. <laughs> oh, I got this one. I got this go. one. Ratatouille. There you go. It's <laughs> ratatouille. Remy the ratatouille. Tomato, zucchini, and eggplant. Nice. <laughs> and then the last one under savory is uh, Savoyard, and it's raclette cheese, onions, and imported imported Bayonne ham. Ooh, yummy. Also under that uh, that price fix menu, like we said, you do get one savory, one dessert crepe, and here are the sweet crepes that are available under that menu. Uh, the first one is gourmand, and then it's chocolate hazelnut spread and whipped cream. It sounds like Nutella and whipped cream, basically. Mm -hmm. um, go for the next one. Banan. <laughs> it looks like banana with an E at the end <laughs> instead of an A, but it's ban banane, banane. Banana caramel <laughs> puree salé. Yeah, there you go. Um, melba, peach, red berry sauce, and almonds. That sounds like melba toast is what popped into Ooh, my head. melba toast. <laughs> That's not a, a, that wouldn't be sweet. Um, Pore, pear, chocolate ganache, and whipped cream. Nice. And pome, caramelized apples and caramel puree salé. So that's everything for the sweet crepes. And then... For the quick service option, there's also a different menu. Um, you can get one or the other. You can get the savory or the sweet, but there's a couple of different uh, options here on the menu uh, for the savory and sweet options for quick service. Awesome. So I think that's going to be really exciting. Uh, we just had the crepes recently over at Universal. Yeah, Central Park crepes. And those are really, really good. Get the brisket crepe. It was pretty solid. Yeah. The dessert ones are good, but they uh, in hot weather, they, they don't stand up well. The whipped cream kind of melts, and everything is just not... It's kind of messy, but the uh, the savory one was excellent. They're all fresh made to order over at Universal, but we're talking about Epcot here. Yeah, but um, in terms of eating crepes, um, I'm excited to try Disney crepes also, because I've never really eaten crepes. I've, yeah. I just have not had the opportunity, so I'm excited to take that opportunity. Here's a... The only one that's different from uh, the previous menu that we read on the savory side, there's a cream of brie cheese galette, and that sounds really good. And then the sweet crepes, there's four different ones. We've got a butter and sugar crepe. We've got a hazelnut and chocolate spread crepe, red berries crepe, or vanilla or chocolate ice cream crepe. So everything here sounds awesome. 
I'm really looking forward to trying that. The pictures are beautiful. Everything's going to be fresh made. And uh, we're, we're definitely excited to uh, try the new La Creperie de Paris over in the France Pavilion at Epcot. And that debuts on October 1st, the first day of the world's most magical celebration. Yes, that's very true. I'm curious if that's going to be a mobile order thing. Um, I would imagine they would have the the option to do it. I hope so. I do love um, mobile ordering. Because I feel like, the, especially with the way, if they're going to be fresh made like Universals, that line takes a while to get the food. And so if it's, I would imagine with a new thing opening in France by the new ride, I would imagine the lines are just going to be nuts. Yeah, I I would like to think that they're going to do that, but I think we're, we're just going to have to see. Um, so next, we are going to move on over to Universal. And we got a sneak peek at the Halloween Horror Night Tribute Store. So that is going to be opening soon. We will miss the Jurassic Park Tribute Store. Yeah. However, it is spooky season, my friends. And it is time to be able to go to that Halloween Horror Night Tribute Store. Yes. So we're as soon as that opens, we're definitely going to make our way over there because... Man, oh man, I love going to that tribute store. The next thing that Universal has announced is that they will have clear vinyl barriers installed in houses for Halloween Horror Nights. Now, one thing that's kind of been spreading around the national news is that Florida, once again, is kind of the epicenter for positive COVID cases. Mm -hmm. And so rules are constantly changing. And we're not going to get into the whole politics of the, the COVID cases, but the numbers are higher, way higher than they should be at this point. Um, I don't know if that's a product of a lot more people are getting tested again. Who knows? But we're not going to get into that. Yeah. Um, so Universal is kind of adjusting their plans for Halloween Horror Nights where um, during uh, your, your trip through the houses, they're actually going to have... Uh, some some clear plastic or clear vinyl um, separators between the scare actors and the guests, which I saw a few of those when I went through the Tooth Fairy house this past year, and it didn't bother me because they're not allowed to touch you anyway, so it's not like this is preventing them from touching you or like poking you in the arm or grabbing your ankle or anything like that, so it's really not going to affect the experience much. The only thing I think that would affect it and I don't recall if it did or not when I went through the Tooth Fairy house, was that if there's lighting fixtures inside the haunted houses that reflect off of the, the vinyl surface. I'm sure that they'll take all of those things into consideration, but I do understand the decision to do this yeah. because let's be real with the way that, you know, Delta is more contagious. Having two people screaming in each other's faces is probably, you know, not the best idea. Right. And so adding that barrier will protect their employees. And also um, it's just going to be still create a safe environment. Um, oh, and it looks like scare actors and team members will also be required to wear masks. Although many of the scare actors will already be masked up due to their costuming. So that's another like barrier of protection. But still, even, you know, for... For their employees um, protecting them from people screaming when they obviously get scared. Right. So I think that this is the, you know, the best of both worlds. And consistent with their current COVID policies that they've had for a couple of months now, um, guests are encouraged to wear masks while going through the many haunts at this year's event. Universal is not requiring guests to wear masks indoors, which again, it, like we said, is, is in line with their policies that they came out with uh you know, six to eight weeks ago, however long that was. Um, so, it, it, I mean, it's nice that you have the option if you're if you're vaccinated to uh, to not have to wear the mask if you don't want to. But it, it, it's encouraged, and you know, you, if you feel any bit uncomfortable, you definitely should. Yeah, I think it's a great option, and again, I I do think it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. And lastly, we're going to discuss the SeaWorld parks. As actually, we had two announcements from uh, the SeaWorld Parks, from SeaWorld Orlando and SeaWorld San Antonio. Oh, what's the San Antonio announcement? So I'll start with SeaWorld San Antonio. So SeaWorld San Antonio actually announced a ride called Tidal Surge, Ooh. which is going to be the world's tallest and fastest screaming swing. 
So the way that they describe it is tidal surge is not going to be your average backyard swing. This breathtaking new attraction, the biggest of its kind in the world, will feature two pendulum. I cannot talk. Will feature two pendulum-like arms, seating a total of forty riders that will soar progressively higher and higher with each swing. Starting slowly and progressively flying faster and higher, the ride will reach a staggering height of 135 feet at its peak. So you'll have twin dueling arms that will alternate sides and sway back and forth at almost 70 miles per hour. Yikes. Creating multiple airtime moments that levitate guests out of their seats with each pulse pounding swing. Riders' legs will dangle and hang as they soar over the water ski lake and take in the beautiful views of the park all while reaching multiple negative G moments before plunging back towards the earth. Holy cow. So that's really cool. I mean, everything is bigger in Texas, apparently, including the rides. Looking at that photo that you have up on your phone right now, I don't know if I would ever go on that. That looks terrifying to me. I mean, I'm going to get to go home in November. I mean, this obviously won't be available, but I definitely would like to go back and visit SeaWorld in San Antonio because it's been so long since I've been there. And honestly, this is a ride I would definitely go on. I personally would. Yeah, that's you're, you're so low on that one, honey. Well, I'll wave to you while I'm sure. s- screaming on the swing and going 70 miles per hour yeah. at uh, 100 and what is it? 135 feet in the air. So SeaWorld Orlando has also announced an opening time of their newest roller coaster called Icebreaker, which was originally supposed to open this year here in 2021. Um, They did announce that it it will open early next year in February of 2022. Uh, Named after the icy Arctic summits, Icebreaker will feature four launches, both backwards and forwards, culminating in a reverse launch into the steepest beyond vertical drop in Florida a 93-foot-tall spike with a 100-degree angle. And with its 48-inch requirement, adventure seekers of all ages will enjoy the thrills and chills of Icebreaker. I do have to say that I love that SeaWorld is doing this, that they're bringing really, really exciting rides to the parks because they already have great rides, but a lot of them have been there for a while. And we know that people love a good ride. And SeaWorld, at its heart, um, is an animal park. So they take world-class care of all of the animals. It's absolutely incredible there. But you get uh, something else when you go. You actually get that theme park and being able to... It's almost like a bonus. Yeah. Being able to be able to go see some amazing animals, penguins, killer whales, dolphins, maybe pet some stingrays, you know, go see the sea lion show. And then, you know, go on this incredible coaster that is breaking records, um, you know, rides that are breaking records in both parks. Yeah. I mean, I really can't argue with that, especially if you have somebody in your family who is more of a thrill seeker and less maybe of somebody who likes to go to a zoo or aquarium. You've got something for everybody. And I love that SeaWorld is staying on top of these things and bringing these experiences to the parks. Absolutely. And, and Icebreaker is just adding to the resume of SeaWorld Orlando. They've already got three awesome coasters in Manta, Kraken, and Mako. And then they've also got an awesome water ride in Infinity Falls, which we rode four times in the in a row in the pouring rain yeah. one day, <laughs> thanks to our, our friend Taylor, who is uh, in, in charge of, of sending people on the ride. We were literally the only people on the ride that day. And she just was like, yeah, you want to go again? Let's go. Here we go. <laughs> we yeah. just kept getting wetter and wetter, and it was crazy. Um, but yeah, SeaWorld, that's, uh, Icebreaker is going to be another reason to want to visit SeaWorld Orlando. And you can on the cheap. Like The annual passes are crazy cheap. And the one-day tickets are, are definitely worth the visit. So definitely go ahead and check out uh, SeaWorld Orlando, especially in February 2022 when Icebreaker officially opens. Yeah, and if you ever go visit my home park at SeaWorld San Antonio, definitely check out that new ride again. That's coming out in spring 2022. And as that gets closer, we will be updating you. Absolutely. Um, so now that's uh, that's about it for theme park news for this week. But So we're going to dive into our main topic here. And that is the buffet service is returning to Walt Disney World. I was honestly surprised to hear this. See it this soon. Yeah. At least. Especially with what you were just discussing and what we were just talking about, about how Florida has had um, 
you know, a, a, a few, spike. a few cases. Yeah. Just a few. Just a, yeah. <laughs> if that's what I hear. Yeah. Um, well, the buffets are returning to Walt Disney World. Now, because of the pandemic, Disney moved to family style. So anything that was previously a buffet, if it had already been opened or reopened, it moved to family style. And buffet dining was suspended at Walt Disney World Resort. And we are seeing all you care to enjoy self-serve buffet dining return. Love it. I think it's great. I love doing buffets at Disney because there's so much more stuff to eat and you can get as much of whatever you want and you don't have to depend on that that platter coming to your table for like an itty bitty serving of something that you want more of, which is nice. Absolutely. Now, a couple have already been um, announced that they are going to switch to buffet. Yep. So first off, we have Boma at Animal Kingdom Lodge, which has returned as buffet style. Which we did attend a we- couple of days ago and is on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash a couple of park hoppers. We did a full uh, review and, and showed you exactly what's going on over at Boma for breakfast. Uh, we have not done the dinner yet. I definitely want to go back and try the dinner. Yeah. But the breakfast was outstanding. Uh, definitely go over and check that YouTube video out. You, you guys can see everything that's offered on the buffet for breakfast at Boma and what we thought of everything that was going on there. Yeah, and we wanted to show you guys what does it look like going back to a buffet with everything that's going on right now. And so you'll, you'll be able to see all of that with that video. So make sure you go check that out. Now, the other buffets that have returned are Beer Garden at Epcot. Now, this hasn't returned just yet. So in two days. Two days, August 29th. Um, Beer Garden at Epcot is returning. Next, Crystal Palace at Magic Kingdom will be returning. And that's going to be returning on September the 12th. Now, one thing that hasn't been announced, but it's kind of an observation when we were discussing what we we're going to talk about this episode, is that anything that was previously a character dining experience um, and a buffet, they seem to be remaining family style. That makes a lot of sense because when we went to do the character meal at Tusker House, right? What do you think would have happened if you had we had four characters there? It was it was Mickey, Donald, Daisy, and who was the fourth? Was it Minnie? No, Goofy. Goofy, yeah. Uh, what do you think would have happened if you and I? Uh, if we weren't uh, as mature as we are, if you and I had gotten up to go get food while the characters were out doing their thing. What they want you to do during these character experiences right now is to stay in your seat at your table while they come and do a little show for you and pose for pictures and stuff. They don't want you to get up. Right. So with the buffet, it requires you to literally get up and go get food and walk around the restaurant. So that makes total sense that you bring that up, that the character buffets are remaining family style, at least for now. Well, if we look at the ones that I can think of off the top of my head, Garden Grill has not returned, and I believe that was a buffet. Yep. Um, Crystal Palace, their characters have not returned. So that was family style. And I'm going to be honest, we love Crystal Palace in my family. The buffet was awesome. Yeah, and we've gone there for an anniversary. We've gone there with my family when they visited. And more recently, when my family visited, we looked at the menu, and it was just nah. not not our favorite. And so um, they took away the family style and brought back the buffet, but still there are no character meet and greets at Crystal Palace, which usually that's um, Winnie the Pooh and friends, mm-hmm. our 100 Acre Wood friends. And then, let's see, Chef Mickey's is an amazing buffet my family that's like a must anytime sure and that's usually what i like to do for my birthday however um they are remaining family style and then tusker house was previously a buffet which um you know one thing we loved was getting there later for breakfast and then trying the breakfast food and as it rolled into lunch trying some of the lunch food so you kind of got a little piece of each one thing that i found really interesting especially with our trip to boma recently yeah is the fact that they didn't offer lunch so uh, it almost seems like and i don't know if this is an assumption or not it's just an observation of mine but it also it almost seems like they don't want that to happen 
where you go at like 10.30 reservation for breakfast, but they switch the buffet over at 11.30, so you can dabble in both for the breakfast price. It almost, because Boma literally closed at 11.30. They did not let anybody else in, and then they would reopen at 5 o'clock for dinner. So there was like a five and a half, six hour gap in the times for reservations, so you couldn't do both. I think it would probably depend on how they bring it back in the future if they'll will still be able to do that because I mean if breakfast ends at, you know, eleven and your reservation is at ten thirty, you're obviously going to roll from breakfast into lunch. Right. It's just a question whether they're gonna offer lunch, whether it's just breakfast or dinner. Yeah, so Tusker House was the one that I we had gone to and done that. So I'm curious yeah. to see if that does return. But for right now, again, guys, our observation was that anything that involves characters, they are still having us do family style. Now, as we're listening to this and you guys, um, if you haven't been to Disney recently, you may be asking yourself, what exactly is the difference between family style and a buffet? So, well, it's kind of exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. So a buffet is just like any buffet in the world. You get up, you grab a, a, a plate. There's giant platters of food in a line. You start at one end of the line and you make your way down and take what you want. You go back to your table, you eat, and then you do it again. Basically. <laughs> That's basically a buffet, but you get to pick and choose what you want. Um, if there's something on a platter that maybe you want more of, you can kind of choose more. So like if there's something that has like shrimp in it and maybe, you know, you want a few extra shrimp, you can grab those. Maybe if you like something with vegetables and that you have like a favorite vegetable, you can try to, you know, grab a scoop that has more of something in it. But you can kind of pick and choose what you want. Where family style, it's a little bit different because you stay at your table and they actually bring smaller platters to you with all of the offerings. Now they won't bring you things if you don't want them to, or you know if there's anything that anybody in your party can't have at, at your request, they will not bring that to your table. Right. However, they bring you everything that's on the menu that is requested. And then once you're done with that, they bring you more. You can get all you care to enjoy. That's what they call it. That's not all you can eat anymore. It's all you care to enjoy. It's a mouthful. Well, all you care to enjoy sounds a little nicer. Sure. <laughs> um, but they'll bring you more of whatever you want, like Danny just said. So it, say there's like a bunch of meats and mac and cheese and some veggies, but like you're pretty full, but you want a little more mac and cheese, they'll just bring you the mac and cheese. The, whatever you ask for, they'll bring you more of during your time at the table. Yeah, and there have been places where we've gone and had that family style and asked just for like a specific platter to be brought back and not ask for the other things. Uh, a lot of times you can also ask just for, you know, something in the platter and they can definitely get that Give for me the you. Beef. One thing that you just said something and <laughs> it just made me think um, all you can eat sounds like a challenge <laughs> it does well all you care to enjoy sounds luxurious sure so I, I do have to say that the wording definitely sounds a little bit like oh all you care to enjoy hang out and just we're gonna bring you food and you can all eat. you can eat bring it <laughs> am i wrong no like, you're not wrong all you can eat sounds like a challenge the coney island hot dog contest is all you can eat not all you care to enjoy i mean because those guys definitely aren't enjoying it by the 60th hot dog no no way <laughs> but also if you're at disney and you're walking like 12 12 miles a day and you get into that buffet and you oh know, yeah a lot of people like to kind of, you know, eat small portions or just eat snacks. And then once they get to that buffet, they do all you can eat. Oh. They make it a challenge. Oh, yeah. And so. Might as well, it's expensive. It is expensive, but it's worth it. It's always a treat to be able to do oh, that. Yeah. But again, so that's going to be the difference between family style versus buffet. So when we talk about how some are buffet and some are family style, that's um, the breakdown of how that works. Now, we wanted to talk about our experience in the precautions that are being taken, which we touched on on our video, and you get to see them with your own eyes and take a look at that. Again, go over to youtube.com slash a couple of park hoppers to check out that video of us at BOMA. Now, precautions that are being taken. First off, everybody has to wear a mask inside. Correct. 
everybody. Not while you're caring to enjoy your food. Right. But when you're up at the buffet, you have to have your mask on. Right. So you must have a mask on over your nose and mouth. They are currently seating 50% is what I heard. And at I'm BOMA sure, because it just reopened. Right. And I'm sure that's going to slowly go up. Um, they do have hand sanitizers at every entrance into the buffet line. Yep. They were changing out the utensils fairly often is one thing that I noticed. Yep. And they also had the barriers or the... It was like a curved piece of plexiglass from the top of the uh, the heater uh, that's above the food on the buffet. It was kind of like curved towards you and down where you would kind of have to reach under and get the food. So almost like you... Like you're, if you're, you drew a straight line from your mouth to the food, this curved piece of plexiglass would be in the way. So it's kind of like the uh, clear vinyl barriers installed in in the houses for Halloween Horror Nights, but kind for, of. The, for the food. Sure. So, sure. but um, so those were the precautions that um, they are currently taking, and when it comes to going back to a buffet, because I believe this was either of our. F- first buffet back since before COVID. A buffet of any style, not any even necessarily style. just Disney. Right. So well, we haven't been hitting up Golden Corral on the rig. No. No. <laughs> with, I, with I mean CC's. I mean, I grew up going to Golden Corral because they used to do like a adults pay and kids eat free. Yeah, sure. And so it was really popular in San Antonio. And so um I just don't know if they would take the precautions that Disney does. And I, I do love, you know, Golden Corral. I remember sure. growing up with it. But I would like to ask you, for your first buffet experience back mm-hmm. since the world turned upside down. <laughs> oh, Hamilton. Yes. Thank you. Not to Hamilton. <laughs> uh, we love Lin-Manuel Miranda. Speaking of Hamilton, that ham at Boma was awesome. It was very good. That was surprisingly good. I would actually eat that all the time. Yeah. And we're not ham people. But go, but go on. So my question for you was, for your first buffet experience yeah. back, how did you feel returning to this uh, style of eating? I didn't have any issue with it whatsoever. I was actually really excited that it was coming back because I thought the family style was, was cool um, to a point, but buffets is what I used to love doing at the Disney parks uh, because I could just go get what I wanted when I wanted how much I wanted and then I could just be done and wouldn't have to wait for somebody to bring it and it could be sitting there for a while and not super fresh or not hot Um, I was really excited to see that Boma when we went to breakfast part of the reason why I wanted to go so bad because we actually booked Boma at like midnight the night before we went hours before (laughs) Uh, we were lucky to find a reservation for 945 the next morning um but part of the reason why I wanted to go to Boma so bad was because the fact that it was a buffet and it was back at Disney. Um, I thought the precautions were plenty. I didn't think they went over the top. The hand sanitizer at the entrance of the, uh, the front end and the back end of the buffet was a nice touch. Uh, the the plexiglass curvature uh, pieces that were over all the warmers and over all the food was a nice touch. But nothing felt invasive. Nothing felt excessive. And... Um, I would honestly give my experience back at Boma a solid 10 out of 10. Yeah, so I would definitely agree with you. I would give it a 10 out of 10 as well. I do think that when I was imagining buffets coming back to Disney, because buffets at Disney are fairly common, um, especially before the world turned upside down. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so for them to come back is a really big deal. People love them. Um, What I assumed that they were going to do is I thought they were going to have like barriers where they served you. Um, But I would imagine that in theory, the logistics would have been a nightmare. Yeah. And expensive. So um, I would definitely say a 10 out of 10. I think they took all of the precautions. I will say that as it gets busier, they may need to have like um, either, you know, a cast member in near the buffet or at the entrance, just making sure people are wearing their masks. Yeah, and there's signs everywhere. Everywhere you look, there was a sign that said you had to have your mask on while you were not at your table, that kind of thing. Right, but if we if we know how people are, sure, I yeah. think I think that if it gets busier, that would be the only other precaution I would like to see, just to kind of make sure that yeah that everybody is you know following all of the precautions, mm-hmm. but. 
again, everything I, everybody I saw was following that. Right. So I didn't see any issues because I was, I, I was definitely paying attention and looking out for that. Same. So, um, again, I was very surprised at how comfortable it felt also. Yeah. We're really excited that Boma Buffet is back and Beer Garden Buffet is coming back and Crystal Palace Buffet is coming back because that's a game changer for Crystal Palace, to be honest with you, because that menu was eh. Um, so really excited to see that buffet coming back uh, and buffets coming back in general. Hopefully, um, with everything going on with Disney requiring their cast members to get vaccinated, hopefully in the near future, all of the people that are working at Walt Disney World will be fully vaccinated and we can maybe get character meet and greets and that kind of stuff back at those buffets as well. And then we'll get Chef Mickey's and we'll get Garden Grill and we'll get Tusker House to be buffets again and all will be right in the world. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And one of the biggest things was making sure that those who needed necessary accommodations, um, that there was a way to get them for them. And I do understand it is very rare, but that does happen. Sure. And so they have taken care of that. Um, I do have to say overall, I'm so excited to see the announcements that will be happening from now until October 1st, because I personally think that we are going to see a lot of information dropping between then and now. I also wanted to let you guys know that next week we are actually going to have a full park week. Yeah. Some vacation days coming up as my sisters are coming down to visit us Yay, here I'm so excited. in Florida. Really, really excited to see them again. I haven't seen them in a few months. Um, we're going to go explore Universal and Disney and we're going to go go a little crazy with the vacation style park days. Um, but like Danny said, lots of uh, fun stuff coming up between now and October 1st. And uh, we're not going to give away the bag just yet, but there is going to be an exciting announcement in the near future on how you guys can actually help support a couple of park hoppers between now and October 1st. So stay tuned for that. I'm so excited about this. We have been planning on doing this for a while. We've got some really exciting stuff for you guys in the works. We've got some exciting things for us, but we want to make sure that things are perfect. So keep an eye out for all of that information for those announcements. And also next week, keep an eye out because we're going to be sharing some of our theme park experience. Cause again, it's been a little while since we've gotten to enjoy the parks. Yeah. And we will be going to both Disney and Universal. So I'm very excited about that. I'm really hoping that the low crowds from this week are happening next week so we can experience the crowds closer to what they were like last July uh, versus like this past June where it was like a dramatic difference in attendance. Uh, really looking forward to having my sisters down here, checking everything out, going on as many rides as possible and uh, bringing all the coverage next week to you guys right here. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all other podcast platforms. Be sure to follow at Park Hoppers Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and now join over the 10,000 people following us on TikTok. Head over to youtube.com slash a couple of park hoppers and subscribe to our ever-growing channel for theme park videos and more. For easy access to all of our content and to visit our merchandise store to get your hands on our brand new Happily Ever After Farewell Tour shirt, visit a couple of parkhoppers.com. And until next time, we'll, we'll see, see you around, around the parks. parks.